them from the underground command post. Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Everybody, Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Didn't radio today sound much like my show last night on the issue of these various countries that the president was referring to? As I said then, these hellholes. Haiti is a hellhole. Venezuela is a hellhole. Cuba is a hellhole. People are lining up to get into our country. People are coming here illegally. We have what's called refugees, as we discussed last night, trying to escape their hellholes and get into this country. Democrats, as recently as day before yesterday, used to say, what are we going to do? Send these people back to these impoverished nations, these dangerous nations, these disease-ridden nations. Now, all of a sudden... You're not allowed to distinguish one culture from the next, one nation from the next. Well, of course you are. And our immigration laws do exactly that. Our refugee laws do exactly that. Let me tell you what happened. The president met with these six, gang of six leftists. And it included Dick Durbin. I've told you the story before where Senator uh, Thompson, who was a friend of mine, told me of all the members of the Senate... Dick Durbin was the most loathsome. He could not be trusted. He was not a man of his word. Dick Durbin was in that meeting, along with a number of other people. And I'm convinced it was Durbin who walked out of there and ran right to the media. He is a despicable person. Things are said in private, in politics, smoke-filled rooms that are not intended to be public. And... They could have nothing to do with race and nothing to do with uh, genitalia, nothing to do with any of that. But that's the nature of the beast. But in this case, for Dick Durbin, it was just too juicy. I don't know how you watch CNN or MSNBC, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know how you do it. And I really think we ought to begin a movement to insist that CNN stop having monopoly control over televisions and airports given its uh, despicable behavior, not just today, but over the last few years, but particularly today, where you're walking through an airport with your kid, or you're sitting down at a restaurant in an airport with your kid, or in one of the lounge areas, and they play the whole word, just because they want ratings, just because they want to screw the president, just because they want to go on and on and on. This is such an overreaction. For the people who hate Trump, that is, the media, the Democrats, many Republicans and so forth, they look at this and pour race into it. And he never said a word about race. Nothing. When he did speak about Haitians, when he spoke about Haitians, actual Haitians, uh, he was in little Haiti. Neighborhood in Miami, Florida, on September 2016, a little over a year ago. Here's what he actually said about Haitians. Cut one, go. I have so many friends from Haiti, and they're great people. They're amazing people. The Haitian-American community adds so much to our country. Dedication to family, 
perseverance, entrepreneurship, which is true, some really great entrepreneurs. I know one of them, that I can tell you. Creativity, faith, a lot of faith. All the things that make America good and strong can be found right here. The Haitian American community deserves our gratitude and our respect. And I want you to know you have my respect. Now, there is a Haitian woman who is a dear and wonderful friend of my family uh, who helps us with a family member, and she is just, well, she's a part of the family, and she voted for Donald Trump. She voted for Donald Trump. She's a very religious woman, as is her husband, and they're raising their kids that way, too. The Democrat Party assumes and presumes to represent minorities in this country. And we allow them to get away with it. They pretend to be the compassionate party. They have no compassion whatsoever, do they? At least not in my view. Uh, Mr. Producer, can you also find the Durbin clip, please, from the floor of the Senate? And let me know when you have that, too. Um, I want you to listen to some of this. These attacks on Americans, these attacks on race and so forth. These are all Democrats. And these attacks on the American people and how there is very little pushback in most of these instances. Here's Hillary Clinton attacking half of the country, or at least a quarter of the country. Cut 22 ago. You know, to just be grossly generalistic, you could put half of Trump supporters into what I call the basket of deplorables. <laughs> right? The racist, sexist, homophobic, xenophobic, Islamophobic, you name it. And unfortunately, there are people like that. And he has lifted them up. So there's a big number of Americans, tens of millions, who are treated this way by the left, by the Democrats, by the media all the time. This was Hillary Clinton. Remember Obama at a fundraiser was recorded trashing uh, millions and millions of Americans, and nobody cared. Nobody called them racists. Nobody called them anything. Joe Biden famously, about a decade ago, cut 23 ago. In Delaware, the largest growth in population is Indian Americans moving from India. You cannot go to a 7-Eleven or a Dunkin' Donuts unless you have a slight Indian accent. I'm not joking. And CNN had no problem with that. Robert Byrd, who was the leader in the Senate of the Democrat Party for decades... Robert Byrd, who was memorialized, after his death, obviously, by Barack Obama, Bill Clinton, all of them. Cut 24, this is uh, about 15 years ago, Fox News, go. There are white I've seen a lot of white in my time, I'm going to use that word. N-word. But we've all, we all, we just need to work together to make our country better ground. And I just assumed... Quit talking about it so much. Then there's Al Sharpton. Al Sharpton is so offended as MSNBC of racism and race baiting that they have hired Al Sharpton in the past. Al Sharpton with his thoroughly hateful comments in the past. Al Sharpton, a frequent guest, a 
a, a big uh, a big player in the Democrat Party. No offense there. Right, Jake Tapper? Right, Don Lemon? Right, everybody? Cut 25. Go. Hey, Reverend Sharpton. Uh, how you doing? In the spirit of Donald Sterling, you think you should be banned from TV for all the racist stuff you said over the years? What racist stuff? White folks was in the cave when we had good empires. We taught philosophy and astrology and mathematics before Socrates and them Greek homos ever got around. You know, when you refer to Jews as white interlopers, when you drop the N-word on David Dinkins. If you're going to say something, you'll be correct. We had exactly what Don Sterling said. When did I call Jews not white interlopers? Freddie's Mark. Yep, that's right. You call them a a white interloper. But doesn't it take, but but wait, but but doesn't doesn't it take like some serious balls on your end to accuse somebody of racism? Serious on your end, this quote. You went from one guy who paid people off the book. Then there's Keith Ellison, Keith X, <clears throat> who is now the deputy chairman of the DNC. And there's so much on this guy, we're only going to touch on a few seconds. Cut 26, go. The United States foreign policy in the Middle East is governed by what is good or bad through a country of 7 million people. What he means by that is the Jews, the Jews in Israel. That's what he means. A region of 350 million. Go ahead. Of 350 million. All turns on a country of 7 million. Does that make sense? No. Is that logic? No. Right? When the, when the people who, when the Americans who trace their roots back to those 350 million get involved... Everything changes. Can I say that again? All right. Now we have uh, Nancy Pelosi yesterday. Our friend uh, Chris Wallace said this is like a parking ticket compared to what Trump said. Well, in his eyes, it may well be. But parking ticket or not, it was pretty vile. So vile that Stempy Hoyer, her number two, objected strenuously to what she was saying. Clearly racist comments. Cut 27. Go. I would say of that McCarthy, the four, four, the five white guys, I call them, you know. um, (laughs) I said they're going to open a hamburger stand (laughs) next or what? Go ahead. Is that it? um, (laughs) That could have been done four months ago. The very idea that this week they're saying, oh, why don't we get four white guys and and General Kelly. That's enough. Folks, I could go on all day on this stuff. All day. Now, what's not being said is there are meetings on Capitol Hill behind closed doors, hundreds of them every day. Then they go out to dinner, many of them, and they get drunk, and there are more meetings. Many of the men are busy harassing and molesting women at the time, members of Congress. Everybody up there knows it. There's things that are said, there's things that are done that are despicable, that are grotesque. There's adultery taking place, there's uh, deals being cut, and all and all the rest. CNN knows it. 
they're involved in it. MSNBC knows it. They're involved in it. They all know it. They know all about it. Just as many of the media outlets in Hollywood knew all about Harvey Weinstein. But I believe Dick Durbin comes out of that meeting, or somebody did, and they spread this to the media, and they jump. And they jump. In 1965, I told you before, it's in one of my books. It's in actually two of my books. Uh, Ted Kennedy uh, and others, a Senator Hart from Michigan and a Congressman Seller, changed our immigration laws for the purpose of bringing more people from the third world into the country to the exclusion of more people from Europe. Now, this is a fact. It's not the alt-right stuff and so forth and so on. This is a fact. They also put in place chain migration. President Obama used to proudly assert, as did Biden, that by 2044 we'll no longer be a majority white nation. Good, bad, or indifferent, that's what they said. Nobody called them racists. Nobody said Ted Kennedy was a racist. Nobody said these are racist policies. And yet, ladies and gentlemen, the purpose of immigration, I say it over and over and over again. I've said it over and over and over again behind this microphone for 15 years, starting with my Sunday show in New York. The purpose of immigration is to improve the country. Is to improve the country. And the citizenry owns the country. Not the bureaucrats, not the courts, not the media, not the politicians. You do. And we are never consulted. Ever. You've got these six leftists, these amnesty types, who bring the President of the United States a proposal, and he's appalled by it. Now, you have some people in media and so forth say, see, that proves that the President's not going to buckle. Nothing is proven yet. Nobody thought those six represented the Senate. Not yet. And it's still important that those of us who believe in the rule of law and republicanism continue to pressure our representatives and our president to stick by his guns. It won't be the pom-pom dancers, and it won't be the rockettes. They have a very interesting way of saying, see, the president did exactly what we knew he would do. The president needs to hear from you, as does everybody else, just for us to be sure to be sure. That's just the nature of the beast, whether it's Ronald Reagan or anybody else. You don't just sit back and say, oh, he's going to do the right thing. No, you want to be heard because he's being heard by other people. But anyway, that's a game that's played and I'm not interested in it. But when it comes to Haiti, we all know that it's a hellhole. The people who leave it know it's a hellhole. The people who leave it and come here don't want to go back unless they're visiting family. They know it's a hellhole. The people in Venezuela know it's a hellhole. They want to get out of Venezuela. They want to come to America. It is a hellhole. The people who went on rafts, homemade rafts, trying to leave the island of Cuba to come to the United States, they know it's a hellhole. The people in North Korea who are trying to escape to anywhere, Russia, China, South Korea, who are murdered in their tracks, they know that's a hellhole. Some cultures are better than others. Some countries are better than others. Some government are better than others. And you have to be a complete quack. You have to be a lunatic not to accept that and recognize it. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. 
trashing the United States military in the worst possible terms. Go ahead. If I read this to you and didn't tell you that it was an FBI agent describing what Americans had done to prisoners in their control, you would most certainly believe this must have happened by Nazis, Soviets in their gulags, or some mad regime, Pol Pot or others, that had no concern for human beings. Sadly, that's not the case. This was the action of Americans you know, in treatment of our, their own prisoners. You, you know, uh, shut up, buddy. You know what? This is what offends me, the trashing of Americans, of all races, of all religions, of all genitalia. They get away with it. They do it all the time. They hold the, the, eagle, the illegal alien as noble, the American citizen as, uh, as lazy. I'm just sick and tired of people who we put in Congress to represent us. They will go to the ends of the world to represent other countries, the ends of the world to represent people in other countries and so forth. And if you disagree with their policies, which are typically left-wing and so forth and so on, then they dare to turn around and trash Americans. They dare to turn around and trash you and then give you some kind of a, a horrific title like you're a racist or something. I'll be right back. Powerful conservative voice, the Mark Levin Show. Dial in now, 877-381-3811. All day long, while I wasn't watching CNN, but apparently uh, four or five others were, uh, their hosts couldn't stop saying S-hole, the actual word. They couldn't stop it all day long. Because these people are hacks. They're not serious people. Look at Look at Chris Cuomo who's in love with a mirror. Do they get dumber than Chris Cuomo? Do they get dumber than Don Lemon? Or Jim Acosta? What a pathetic lineup of buffoons. Cut eight. Go. President asked, quote, why are we having all these people from whole countries come here as a whole as living in calling those countries shitholes. remember we're all shitholers. I that was considered a these people from whole countries whole countries come whole people from whole countries all the countries of Africa are holes these people from whole countries come this whole whole countries whole countries come here people who come from holes for coming from whole countries of night of the shitholes are from and we are all shitholers arm and arm. And you probably come from a shithole. Your mouth is the foulest hole in the world. It's not about countries. It's not about shitholes. It's whole immigrant. Well, that's just part of it. We want to have tip Grabian on that. Is that really a network worth watching? And let me ask you something. If the president used that word, and he said he didn't use that word. And a couple of the uh, people in the meeting said, oh, yes, he did. And uh, a couple of senators at the meeting said, oh, no, he didn't. Okay, well, greatest country on the face of the earth, and here we are. The media drag us to these places. The reason the leak came out of that meeting was because the leaker knew that the country would have to hear this for the next three or four days. And uh, the sanctimony would be absolutely incredible. You didn't hear any of this sanctimony when Barack Obama sold out the the country to the Iranian regime. You didn't hear any of this sanctimony. When uh, Barack Obama uh, 
committed acts of uh, espionage against the sitting prime minister of Israel, a Jewish state. You didn't hear any of this when Barack Obama was targeting Jewish organizations with surveillance, did you? No, you didn't. You didn't hear any of this when Barack Obama was bringing care into his office and the Muslim Brotherhood outreach into his office. None of it. My little Dick Durbin, who was in the meeting and I suspect was the leaker, he runs to the media today. Cut to go. In the course of his comments, uh, said things which were hate-filled, vile, and racist. I use those words advisedly. I understand how powerful they are. But I cannot believe that in the history of the White House, in that Oval Office, any president has ever spoken the words that I personally heard our president speak yesterday. Are you out of your mind, you idiot? Let me tell you something about your hero, Woodrow Wilson, who is the biggest modern president racist in the nation. Are you unfamiliar with your hero, Woodrow Wilson, little Dick Durbin of Illinois? You want to hear about this, ladies and gentlemen? The racist that was Woodrow Wilson? Has the Democrat Party ever rejected Woodrow Wilson? No, they named buildings after him. Oh, he's sure nothing like this was ever said out of the White House. Is this a joke? Woodrow Wilson resegregated the civil service. After the Republicans desegregated the civil service. And he said so many vile things about blacks. It's, it's in the history books. It's on the internet. Apparently little Dick Durbin can't reach up to the uh, keyboard to figure it out. To say these outrageous things. Lyndon Johnson, when running for the uh, House of Representatives in Texas, was a segregationist. Little Dick Durbin served with, or soon after, Robert Byrd. They never had a problem with Robert Byrd. Never. It's one thing to say that you object to what the president said. It's quite another to try and exploit this situation, which is what the Democrat Party does. A hundred years ago, 150 years ago, hell. Fifty years ago, the Democrat Party, the Democrat Party used race to fire up white people to go out and vote for them. They trashed the black people in this country. They put laws in place to inhibit the black people in this country from getting jobs, from eating at counters, from voting, you name it. The Democrat Party has a long, bloody, Hateful record when it comes to black people in this country. And they want you to forget it. But they have you always used race for political gain. Now, they make jokes about white people and so forth and so on. And they have immigration policies in place that they feel are going to help them have power. You've got to remember what I've said from the beginning. Race aside, age aside, all of that aside. That's window dressing for these people. They are about the fundamental transformation of America. Whether it's white people, black people, brown people, gay people, straight people, single married, it doesn't matter. They are about turning this country inside out. 
And that's why they're so power hungry. They cannot tolerate independence. They cannot tolerate individualism. They cannot tolerate a colorblind society. They must balkanize people. We just had a tax bill. What did they do? And along with the Republicans, which was disgraceful, talk about class warfare. Oh, it's for the rich. It's for the rich. It's for the rich. Every time they try to save Social Security and Medicare through reforms, oh, they're against the old. They're against the old. They're against the old. Anytime you try to secure the border and deal with that issue, oh, it's racist. You must be against brown people. It's predictable. It's their talking points. Dick Durbin, listen to this one. Cut three, Mr. Producer, go. When it came to the issue of, quote, chain migration, I said to the president, do you realize how painful that term is to so many people? Let's stop right there. Chain migration is painful to people? Chain migration is now a term that is painful to people? We're not allowed to use chain migration? Like we're not allowed to use the phrase illegal alien anymore? And we have to call illegal alien children dreamers? See, this is the, uh, the psychotic nature of the left and the psychological games they play with you and me. They create their own nomenclature, and they eliminate other nomenclature. Go ahead. Americans believe that they migrated to America in chains. And when you speak about chain migration... Oh, 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 this is pathetic. So when you speak about chain migration, it's a throwback to slavery. When slaves came here in chains, that has nothing to do with it. Nothing to do with it whatsoever. This man is sick. It's sick. That didn't even occur to me. Did it occur to you, Rich? It's never occurred to a single African-American who's called this program. Oh, chain migration is a threat. So we can't even debate chain migration. What do you call it then? Oh, you family reunification. Oh, okay, thank you. The Dreamers, family reunification, legalization, citizenship. Representative James Clyburn on CNN today. Go ahead. I I think that uh, the president has really stepped into it here. Uh, I think that the Congressional Black Caucus uh, has solidified uh, around some efforts that I think will take place next week. One of which is the pursuit of a censure resolution. And I'm hopeful that we will do that. All right, thank you. Thank you for your input. Jesse Jackson is uh, brought back into the public square. Where's he been for the last five years? Uh, remember that with the Jaime Town comment? Remember that? Now they're resuscitating him. To comment on this. What next? Al Sharpton? Representative Barbara Lee on MSLSD today. Go ahead. Here we have a president who uh, has, has uh, once again said racist and despicable words about African Americans, people of color. Whoa, 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 whoa. First of all, just to be absolutely precise, if we're talking about Haiti and Africa, that's not African Americans. Okay? They're not Americans. 
I just want to point that out. Doesn't make it better or worse. I'm just trying to be accurate here. Luis Gutierrez on MSNBC today. So you see the media are pushing this. MSNBC, CNN, bringing in some of the most radical elements within the left and the Democrat Party. Here's Gutierrez. Go. Six. This is ignorance to speak in such vile, racist terms. And so... The varnish and the paint has been stripped away uh, from Donald Trump, and I know we feel it has been in the past. But God, isn't today is going to be a very memorial day. Uh, and that's saying a lot in the Donald Trump presidency, because we now know that we have in the White House someone who could lead the Ku Klux Klan in now the United States. Shut up, States. you idiot. You know, it wasn't that long ago when Donald Trump was a Democrat. Wasn't that long ago when Donald Trump was throwing enormous sums of money and campaign support for Democrats like Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton and and Harry Reid and uh, and Joe Biden and a whole host of others? Remember that, Mr. Producer? I've been on the air long enough to remember this. Oh yeah, Donald Trump was a very active Democrat. He voted Democrat. He supported Democrats. He gave financial contributions to Democrats. Tell me, if he's such a racist, how come they didn't know it back then? If he's such a racist, why did they take his money? If he's such a racist, why do they all have photographs with him before he was president of the United States? Really? He's changed now that he's 70 or 71 years old? When he was 60 or 58 or 55 or 62, he was a great liberal Democrat, and now he is an alt-right throwback racist? Is that about right? No, of course it's not right. Of course not. He's done nothing like Franklin Roosevelt rounding up Japanese Americans and Americans of Japanese descent. Nothing. Incredible. Cut seven. Senator Richard Blumenthal. This guy they always drag out of the closet on MSNBC. This is all MSNBC and CNN. Go ahead. First, thank you for reporting it and thank you for talking about it. Too much of America is in denial about these really base instincts. This remark by the president of the United States smacks of blatant racism. The most odious and insidious. All right, thank you. Now we have Jim Acosta on CNN. Tell me if you can tell the politicians from the so-called reporters, by the way. Cut nine, go. I, I almost have to think back to the day when we were at Trump Tower uh, when the president was commenting on Charlottesville and he was said, saying that there were very fine people on both sides, uh, saying that there are very fine people among the white supremacists and the Nazis. Is that the president of the United States right, whoa, 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 whoa. That's not what he said, you idiot. That's not what he meant. That's you projecting. He never said they're very fine people around uh, among the white supremacists and the Nazis. You believe this stuff? We've all lived it. We saw it. We watched it. We heard it. Believe this guy? And so preposterous and repugnant is he that Jeff Zucker, the preposterous and repugnant head of CNN, gave this guy a job increase. He's now the senior White House correspondent. Go ahead. Problem here, Wolf, in this area, and we can tiptoe around it. We can dance around it and not really put our finger on it. By the, by the way, is there anybody more illiterate than this guy, even in his speaking? Tiptoe around it, put our finger on it, uh, dance around it. See a reporter? 
Have you ever seen reporters conduct themselves this way? Go ahead. It seems to harbor racist uh, feelings about people of color uh, from other parts of the world. And it's just right, that's enough. Just trying to give you a sense of this. There's more. There's more that now for those of us who really think these things through, do you see how horrific the media are in this country? And the left? It's incredible. I would say this. If it's the official position of the Democrat Party that um, our immigration practices should favor failed countries, failed cultures, and failed societies, that the vast majority of the people who we allow into this country, you know we do make decisions about people coming in and where they come from, right? Did you know that? But if that's their position, then they should campaign on it and explicitly say it. Because that's not the purpose of immigration. But apparently it is to them. I'll be right back. Mark Illegal immigration from Haiti increased from 2015 to 2016 by 600%. 600%. I don't understand. Why are we supposed to have open borders unless people are trying to escape hellholes? No logic's going to work here. It's not going to matter. The race baiters are in full, full attack mode. You want to watch it? Just watch CNN and MSNBC. My advice to you is don't do it. Try to enjoy your weekend. Here's something interesting. Studies show that security systems deter burglars. It's a fact. But there's still a burglary every eight seconds in America. How? Well, think about it. Do burglars give up just because some houses have security systems? No, of course not. They find a house that isn't protected. That's why securing your home is truly a necessity. So let me recommend this brilliant security system built by my buddies at Simply Safe. Simply Safe is ridiculously smart. Its sensors will protect every point of access in your home. Plus, if a burglar so much as tries to break in, an ear-shattering siren will let them know that the police are on their way right away. Best of all, Simply Safe's 24/7 monitoring is just 14.99 a month, and they'll never lock you in a long-term contract. And with Simply Safe, you'll even get a 60-day money-back guarantee, so there's no reason not to try it today. Go with the only home security system I trust, Simply Safe, by going to simplysafemark.com. That's simplysafemark.com. Simplysafemark.com. All right. Let me take somebody who disagrees with me. Bill Clark, New Jersey, the great WABC. Go. How you doing, Mark? Okay. Look, I have to hurry or we're going to hit a break. Go ahead. Yeah, well, I just wanted to answer a question you asked. You know why the Democrats took his money? Because you go on Howard Stern every month and talk about abortion. This has nothing to do with anything. Why don't don't you direct it to the subject right now? You ask the question, dummy, and I'm answering it. Hey, pal, if I could reach through the phone and rearrange your nose, I'd do it in two seconds. Now get the hell off the phone. There it is, my first caller. He lied to you, didn't he, Mr. Callscreen? This is why I get angry. When pukes like that lie to come on a national program. All right, let's try somebody else. Christopher. Well, we don't have time, do we? 
All right, we'll go back to the callers in the next hour. I want to get into some other things, too. We're not going to allow the media to drive this entire program. We're just not. So we have some other things I want to get into, too. We'll be right back. of a hidden bunker somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. You know what? I'm even going to surprise Mr. Producer here. Clear out the uh, phone calls. I, I, I want to discuss something with my uh, my radio family here. Do you think America can survive? You know, I read about Athens all the time, and I have for much of my adult life. Rome, Persia. You read about these early societies... You look what's happening in the world today with the rise of China. <laughs> China, I believe, will be the most powerful country on the face of the earth in 20, 30 years if this keeps up. And it looks like it's going to keep up. And then you look at the rise of communism, which has a strong foothold in this country. With progressivism being the bastard child of communism. If that makes you uncomfortable, then think of it as... Hegelism. But I look and I see if a country does not want to survive, it's not going to survive. I don't even mean the people. We have almost no say in any of this anymore. We sit back and the courts decide and we elect people and under our constitution, under certain uh, categories of activities, they're the ones who are supposed to act and these courts take control. Uh, we have this mass bureaucracy that rejects the result of elections, and uh, and even apart from elections, we have a federal government that is devouring more and more of the private sector and the civil society as a matter of rote activity. I watch what take place uh, takes place today. I watch the media. Even put Trump aside. You watch the media today. You watch the media in the past. The president's deranged. The attack on the electoral college. The uh, uh, the, the protection of illegal voting through all kinds of uh, trickery and rules and means, and, and yet the reverse, calling people who want the rule of law to be upheld as racists or trying to stop people from voting. The all-out assault on our traditions and customs, the all-out assault on our institutions, whether it's the military, law enforcement, and so forth. Again, at the same time, Xi over there in China has actually more and more power. He's got as much power as Mao did. And he's exercising that to steal our technology, to massively build up his military, to expand their reach into our hemisphere, into the Middle East, into Africa, and, of course, claiming the South China Sea, the East China Sea, and you name it. Russia, now with a population of under 200 million, a relatively poor country, quite frankly, uh, where they now have these fascist robber barons like Putin, 
and yet they continue to build up their military. He is now violating our uh, nuclear arms agreements by building more nuclear weapons and more powerful nuclear weapons. Nobody even talks about that anymore. And I look at our country. We have a government that continues to consume the private sector. We have a left that has essentially conquered every fundamental aspect of our culture, our public school system, our colleges and universities, our media. You cannot turn on the media today without basically hearing the progressive talking points. And now in the most vile terms, aggressive terms, and they're completely out of the closet. So many of the great successes of the Reagan era have been thrown away. Completely. Completely. So I'm asking you an honest question, and I must tell you, it does cross my mind. It does cross my mind. Probably 50 times a day. Can America survive? I don't want to hear platitudes about the American people. I know the American people are great. The problem is the government is less so. The government is less so. And we make a huge mistake when we uh, confuse the country and the people and the civil society with the federal government. They're not the federal government. Does the federal government represent us or does the federal government rule over us? You know, I look at this Manafort case, and it's very, very easy to trash the guy. I, I don't know the guy. I've never met the guy. I've never spoken to the guy. He doesn't mean anything to me personally. But I look at the tactics used to go after him. For what? You really have to have your guns drawn at 6 a.m. in the morning when he and his wife are in bed? You really have to spend 10 hours in his house going through his suits to see how much he's paid for them? And this was done with the sanction of a federal district judge. I look at the Soviet-style Stalinist tactics used in uh, our counterintelligence uh, methods uh, to use uh, surveillance of American citizens, to use surveillance of an opposing campaign. There's no question about it. No question about it whatsoever. The, the only question is the extent of it and who exactly is responsible for it. Even the Supreme Court, we get a decent decision out of them now and then, but it's hit and miss. They have nationalized every social and cultural issue there is. Prayer, church, marriage, and for the left. For the left. Why do five lawyers in black robes get to decide these issues for the entire country? Where is that written? It's written nowhere. And, of course, we have politicians who do not believe in the sanctity of our sovereignty. They do not believe in protecting the nation state. They do not believe in our borders. Twenty years ago they did. Now they absolutely do not. Such is the constituency that they have created, and they rely on now for their votes. And anybody who dares to question it is a racist. Even if you're black or Hispanic or Asian and you question it, you're supposedly a racist. country can't survive this. If you can't have your own borders, if you don't insist on assimilation, which means Americanization, if you don't teach your history properly, if you don't create patriots 
for the country. And I don't mean indoctrination. I mean through honesty, integrity, teaching. And if, in fact, more and more school districts are indoctrination mills, in my school district in Lowndes County, they just went a little 8% increase in their budget. 8%. Well, the country can't survive. We can't even define it anymore. If borders aren't borders, we don't even have geographic definitions. If we're going to surrender our sovereignty to international organizations, and this is what, to me, is meant by the uh, the poison of globalism, not capitalism. Then what do we have? Now, I'll tell you what we have. Again, you do enough study of ancient history, let alone modern history, you have a dying country. You have a country that is not going to survive. Is it too late? I don't think so. I hope not. But I watch today's activities. Before this, it was endless debates over the rights of illegal aliens. Well, that has nothing to do with the, the improvement of the nation. Endless debate today over a comment the president made about Haiti or some other countries. Okay, great, get over it. The media in this country that pretends to support freedom of the press. Media doesn't support freedom of the press. These people support the freedom of their own big mouth. They're really not doing anything to advance the cause of freedom. Nothing. Look at most of them. Jake Tapper, a former aide to a Democrat. Chuck Todd, a former aide to a Democrat. Stephanopoulos, former aide to a Democrat. Look at the head of Disney, big-time liberal Democrat. You can go on and on and on. And don't tell me that doesn't influence the reporting. Jeff Sucker, a big leftist. Look at CNN. It's a grotesque. It's a, a, a grotesque lie on the American people. You got guy Cuomo there. Cuomo. And, of course, we could go on and on and on. Look at this idiot, Lawrence O'Donnell, another former aide to a Democrat. Chris Matthews, another former aide to a Democrat. Scarborough has completely rejected conservatism and republicanism, has thrown in with his soon-to-be wife, the daughter of another Democrat who worked for Carter. This isn't a free press. It's a propaganda mill. They all say the same thing. They all sound exactly the same way today, don't they? We've got a nut in North Korea with ICBMs and warheads, and they attack our president who's trying to contain him. We've got an extremely dangerous regime in Iran. The prior president funded them, saved them, saved them. The prior president, who had a hell of a good time with surveillance on the Israeli prime minister, the ambassador from Israel to the United States, members of Congress, Jewish groups, tried to interfere in an election the way the Russians tried to interfere with ours, you'll never hear them talk about it. Don Lemon is such an idiot, he's such a dope, he'll never even address it, because he's a hack partisan. Talk about mentally deranged, to unleash $150 billion dollars, to prop up that regime? Neville Chamberlain didn't even do that with Hitler. 
So the question on the table is, can we survive as a free people in a constitutional republic? Can we survive as a free people in a constitutional republic? You know, the Rome lasted over 500 years, half a thousand years. We're not even close to that yet. We are not even close to that yet. Had the progressives succeeded in fundamentally destroying America? Forget about fundamentally changing. Is there any way back? Is there any way back? I'm quite serious about this. Something I want to discuss with you. If you're going to just call and do rah-rah, I'm not interested. I want you to really be thoughtful about this. We'll be right back. how bad things have got. I have no reason that I can explain to you why the weekly standard even exists. Can somebody tell me why the weekly standard exists? What gap does it fill? What void does it fill? Anything profound? I mean, I was sent today this piece, I guess from early this morning, by some guy named Andrew Ferguson. I don't know him. I've never met him. I don't believe we've ever talked. And it's ostensibly a uh, hit piece on Simon and & Schuster and a wonderful editor, my editor, Mitchell Ivers, reading the Milo manuscript, how unpublishable was it, question mark. And somehow in here, of course, he attacks me, I guess because he wants me to mention his name because nobody else will. I saw a picture of this guy. He looks like a real slob. Uh, that aside, here he is again, begging for our attention. This is uh, on this Milo guy, who I don't know, I've never met, never spoken to, has never been on my show. As he pursues a lawsuit against Simon & Schuster and its imprint, Threshold Editions. Threshold is dedicated to publishing conservative polemics. Oh, so it's polemics. By media demi-celebrities like Jerome Corsi and Mark Levin. And then he goes on. Now, of course, Threshold publishes a lot more than that, but that's okay. And then near the end, he returns to it. This whole thing on this guy, Milo. And at the very end, he returns to it, his, his attacks. Now, I can assure you, this fool has never read any of my books. The Weekly Standard, I think, did one review once of Liberty and Tyranny. It was a hit job, and I responded to it. Millions of these books have sold. wouldn't be that hard to read it, unless, of course, you're a senior editor at the Weekly Standard. It might be tough. You know, maybe you're out drinking every night. I don't know what you're doing. Sounds like a very, very busy job to edit all the great writers over there. But this is part of the problem. This is part of the problem. These books I wrote, particularly if you look at the last one, Rediscovering Americanism and the Tyranny of Progressivism, there's nothing polemic about it or me. Nothing polemical. 
And it is, uh, it's not even about me. It's nothing to do with me. And it's not about the politics of the day or anything of the sort. As many of you have read it, several hundred thousand of you, it's a book that explains the dangers that we're facing through progressivism. And it walks you through it. It also walks you through the earliest times of American history and natural law and so forth and so on. Yet over at the Weekly Standard, this guy's a senior editor. has never taken the time to read anything that I've written. And that's okay. Because obviously, he has a burr up his ass. And he means nothing to me, and you've never even heard of him. So when he's gone and his day comes... His mark on society will be non-existent. And that's okay. His little group of circle nerds, they'll be all excited. But again, this is part of the problem. You know, several weeks ago, I said that the conservative intellectual movement is weaker than I've ever seen it. Weaker than I've ever seen it. There's a few guys still around. But the old publications that promoted ideas, philosophy, I mean, really profound stuff. They don't do it anymore. They get into the weeds of politics without much more. They just don't do it anymore. Very, very few conservatives in Congress do it anymore. They may make a speech here and there. They have a good vote here and there. They may have a 100% rating, but day in and day out, they just don't do it anymore. And cable TV doesn't do it. Network TV certainly doesn't do it. Satellite TV does all other kinds of things. So the converse of progressivism is rarely presented in any coherent, rational, reasonable consistent way. It's just not. And I feel like we are overwhelmed with this progressive mob mentality. And because Republicans don't know how to fight it, because they either don't agree with you and me, or many of us, or they just think the politics is not there, uh, many, many of our fellow citizens don't hear about it. They're not going to get it from school. So the question is, and I'm going to take your calls, will we survive as a free republic 20, 30, 40, 50 years from now? I think it's a fair question. We ought to look into it. I'll be right back. This is Radio Free America. On the Mark Levin Show. Call now, 877-381-3811. I want to read you something dug up by the Daily Caller in an interview with The Atlantic, according to The Atlantic. Um, Comments recorded in an interview with The Atlantic, wide-ranging interview based on Obama's foreign policy over his eight years in office. And during one portion of the interview, Barack Obama Uh, reportedly described Libya as a mess to the interviewer, but behind closed doors he called the country an S-show. Now, Jake Tapper, I know you listen to this show. Chuck Todd, I know you listen to the show. I know you all listen to the show. Chris Wallace, come on now. 
It's right there. It's online. You can find it. It's put up there this afternoon. These comments, uh, according to the Atlantic, quote, So we actually executed this plan. This is Obama. As well as I could have expected. We got a U.N. mandate. We built a coalition. It cost us $1 billion, which when it comes to military operations is very cheap. We averted large-scale civilian casualties. We prevented what almost surely would have been a prolonged and bloody civil conflict. In spite of all that, Libya is a mess. Mess is the president's diplomatic term. Privately, he calls Libya a S.H. blank T show. Quote, unquote in part because it subsequently became an ISIS haven, when that he is allegedly targeted with airstrikes. Now, Libya is in Africa. It's in North Africa. He called it an S-show. And as the Daily Caller points out, the comments received little coverage when made public at the end of Obama's term. So he called Libya, which is clearly an African country, he called it an S-show. Now that you know this, America, millions and millions of you, if you wish to punish yourselves and watch CNN and MSNBC, let's see if they bring it up. Of course, they'll say it's different. So of course it's different, because Obama said it. Anna Navarro, who is putrid, See if she brings it up. Don Lemon, who is putrid. See if he brings it up. Chris Cuomo, who is putrid. See if he brings it up. Dick Durbin, double putrid. See if he brings it up. How about James Clyburn? Did they ever move to censure Barack Obama? Of course not. Of course not. That's Libya. We don't care about Libya. No, no, no. They destroyed Libya. They set. They let loose the terrorists in Libya. So back to the question about America. First, goals for 2018? Well, I've got them. But I can only achieve them if I'm well rested. And thankfully, I have a Casper mattress helping me get a great night's sleep. The Casper mattress has a unique combination of foams that provide the right pressure relief and comfort, so you feel perfectly balanced. And thanks to the breathable material, you're guaranteed to sleep coolly. Plus, the mattresses are built to last for many years. Basically, since I've gotten my Casper, I've gotten the best sleep ever. So I know 2018 is going to be a great year. Try Casper yourself for 100 nights in your own home risk-free. They ship it to you for free in a compact box. Plus, if you don't love it, you don't have to put it back in the tiny box. They come and pick it up and refund you everything. No questions asked. So you know, you lose nothing. Start your year off right with a guaranteed great night's sleep every night. Get a Casper. I'm serious about this. Try yours for 100 nights, over three months, in your own home with free shipping and returns. Go to Casper.com slash Mark and use code Mark to save $50 on the purchase of select mattresses. Got to listen to the address again. Casper.com slash Mark and then put in code Mark to save $50 on the purchase of select mattresses. Terms and conditions apply. Now, if you go out this weekend to one of these mattress stores, and you're thinking about buying it, ask them, can I use it for 100 nights free, and if I don't like it, just return it? And will you deliver it to my house for free? Ask them that. I'm quite serious. Ask them that. Can America survive as a free republic over the next several decades? Will it? Will China surpass us? 
Athens didn't survive. Rome didn't survive. And both of them survived much longer than we have so far. Casey, Charleston, South Carolina, the great WTMA. How are you? I'm doing perfectly, perfectly fine. All Enjoying right. your show, conversation. Thank you. Yeah. You're on. But, but um, the question is, can America survive? Honestly, no. I'm not. I'm, I mean, don't quote me on it. Maybe it'd probably be a 50-50 chance, but the way it's going right now, no. And the reason why, because I'm 42 years old, mm-hmm. and the older generation in their 50 have failed us. They time. So. You know, I'm just being honest. I feel like our generation is failing future generations. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And if the young people, our children and grandchildren, will really look at what we're doing to them fiscally, looking at what we're doing with the debt, look at how we're spending future earnings, their future earnings, spending the future earnings of, of babies yet born, what we're doing to future generations, it is criminal, absolutely and, immoral. And chipping away the, the Constitution, mm-hmm. and that's what they are targeting. Because look at Europe. What mm-hmm. Europe going through? What Greece going through? Isn't it amazing too? We have the the media self-aggrandizing uh, as it is, going on about how uh, uh, how they uh, how they are the uh, the bulwark for freedom. And we got to have a free press. Of course, we have to have a free press. When you look at CNN and MSNBC. And the universal attacks on one party in defense of another party, the universal attacks on this president. So, does that look like a free press to you, or a propaganda mill? Uh, no, I done turn all media off. I mean, I listen to some serious XM, but um, I done shut it off completely. Mm-hmm. By the way, don't hang up. I'm going to give you a free one-year subscription to CRTV. You want to check us out? Um. Oh, right. my, yeah, I can check it out on the, on the app, yeah. All right, <laughs> yeah, well, then we'll down, give it to you. The app. All right, hang on, we'll try it. I have a rule, five-second five pause means no, but he was trying to figure out which device he could use, and it can work on that, for sure. It can work on his app. We'll walk him through that. Jay in St. Louis, Missouri, Sirius Satellite, what do you think? Hi, good evening, sir. Yes, sir. Um, pleasure to talk to you, long, long-time listener. Thank you. America, I think, uh, has a future. I'm always optimistic for this country. I wasn't born here, but I came here when I was young. And the future here is to re-educate the younger generation on what the founding principles of the country were. Okay, let, let me let me just stop you a second. And how is this going to be achieved? The mindset and the values of the country have changed. Ronald Reagan once said... Okay, well, 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 listen to me. You're not listening to my question. I want to have a discussion. In one breath, you say we need to teach our values and traditions. On the other hand, you say the mindset has changed, and we're losing these values and traditions. And I'm asking you, how are we going to execute this? It all starts at home. Okay. What if it doesn't? If it doesn't, then as parents, we failed. No, I got that. But I'm talking about the society as a whole. It can't survive, can it? 
Not a chance. So what do we do? We can talk in the abstract about what parents need to do. Are parents doing that in every case? Not in every case. Not in not most, in not many cases. And then schools jade the children. And from that standpoint, until the values are back to where the country was founded, hard work, dedication. I guess my point is, when you look how difficult it is, you've got essentially a media ideological monopoly. I mean, there are outposts, but as a whole, you've got a in, in our public schools, again, it's pretty much an intellectual monopoly. In our culture, when it comes to Hollywood, pretty much an intellectual, I shouldn't even say intellectual, let's check that, ideological monopoly. Uh, and really, any effort to challenge it, <clears throat> if it becomes too powerful or too threatening, in one way or another, is destroyed, attacked, crushed. All right. So then, so, from that perspective, you feel that we have failed as a generation completely. I think, as a generation, we are failing the next generation. Then there's no hope, then. No, I didn't then, say then. that. I said I feel we're failing the next generation. I talk about convention of states all the time. To me, it doesn't address the cultural issue. It addresses the governing issues. But even there with a uh, significant majority of Republican state legislatures and governorships and so forth, if we can't make some headway there, uh, that's going to be a huge problem. And so where do you go? Where do you turn? All right, my friend, thank you for your call. Look, and I have all the answers. I want you to think about this. I think it's quite serious. Patrick, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, on the Mark Levin app. Go. Happy New Year to you, Mark. You too. Go ahead. Hello? You got to go. When you hear my voice, everyone, that means speak. Go. Mark, you there? All right. Nick in Newtown, in Newton, Kansas, the great KNSS. Go. Hey, Mark, it's a pleasure to talk to you, sir. Thank you. Hey, um, as per your question, I, I, I'm a former Marine, and I, you know, I really look at this country and I'm, I'm fearful that we aren't going to survive it. I really am. You know, your last caller had a, a good point to start out with as far as um, if you got to start in the home, but uh, we have to do more as a society to get back in the game. I mean, the progressives have completely destroyed the moral fabric of our country. You know, and and here and here's the thing, Nick. And I agree it has to start in the home, but that's not the only place at this point. There's, you know, there are a lot of places around the world, and even in this country, where the right thing is taught in the home. And yet, um, that does not manifest itself in the nature of the government and how the government is governing, if you know what I mean. Yes, I do, sir. Unfortunately, it seems like everybody that promises to follow and stick to the Constitution and support us the way they're supposed to, they just don't seem to be doing it when we send them to Washington. And, you know, I remember seeing Obama running for president the first time, and I was like, oh, my God, are they seriously following this guy? You know, my wife and I sat here and were just astounded at the fact that he actually became president. And why is that? Well, because of the fact he had absolutely nothing but contempt for our actual morals and our, our founding. You know, In other he, words, he was a hardcore leftist. Big time. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I, 
I remember listening to him speak, and I kept on thinking, my God, this is like what I read about Joseph Stalin for crying out loud, you know? And everybody calls Trump, Hitler, and Stalin. I mean, like the morning... See, now here's the thing. You called Obama Stalin-like, and I'm supposed to correct you, and I will. No, he's not Stalin-like, but he is a leftist. Yet if you had called this program and called Trump Hitler-like, and I didn't correct you, there'd be no issue. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes, sir. All right. Well, I want to thank you for your service, my friend, and your excellent call. I appreciate it. We'll be right back. I think these thoughts have crossed all of our minds, haven't they? I do. I think it's crossed all of our minds at one point. I'm just verbalizing it. I want to engage with you on this. You know, the holidays might be over, but the winter has just begun. And according to studies, the air indoors contains up to 100 times more pollution than the air outside. This can cause illness, allergies, unnecessary wear and tear on your HVAC system, leading to very costly repairs. Even worse, the premature replacement of your entire system. Resolve to breathe better air with FilterBuy, America's leading provider of HVAC filters for homes and small businesses. This company, FilterBuy, it's a small family-owned company in America. It is absolutely terrific. They carry over 600 different filter sizes, including custom options, all shipped for free within 24 hours. Plus, they're manufactured right here in America. FilterBuy offers a multitude of MERV options, all the way up to hospital grade, so you'll be removing dangerous pollen, mold, dust, and other allergy-aggravating pollution while maximizing the efficiency of your system. Right now, you can save 5% when you set up auto-delivery, so you never need to think about air filters again. They think about it for you. And uh, you don't have to go to Home Depot or Lowe's or any of these places anymore and look around and what's the aisle and can you help me and I'm 10 minutes away. They'll do it for you. Save money, save time, breathe better with FilterBuy.com right here in America. That's FilterBuy.com, FilterBuy.com. All right, let's see who we have here. Let us go to Justin in Hawaii, excuse me, Hawaii, on the Mark Levin app. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you? Very well. Thank you, sir. Go right ahead. Um, I would like to say that I think that if a communist nation like China can succeed in this world, then a democracy such as ours should have no problem. Uh, I think all we need to do is take back our education system. And uh, we should well, now, be all right. Is that all we need to do? So how do we do that? Let me tell you something. The the most um, monopolized institution we have in this country is our public education system. It's controlled by the National Education Association, to a lesser extent, the AFT, American Federation of Teachers. I was a school board member as a very young man. Uh, I'm chairman of Landmark Legal Foundation now, but I was president at one point. We've been involved in litigation on school choice throughout this country. And we've had some successes. But if you think it's, as you kind of point out, you know, it's really easy given what China's doing. We just have to get our educational system under control. You're fooling yourself. 
I mean, I'd I like think, to know uh, how we're supposed to do that. Uh, I think we got to keep doing what we're doing. We've elected a good man as our president, and uh, if we and if he continues to do well, I, 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 hold on now. I'm just trying to bring some reality to this. The decisions made about your education uh, is made in your school system. President of the United States, at least this one, has very little input into that. Right. I'm going to prove it to you, not to embarrass you. Who is the president of your school board? Do you know? I don't know. How many members are on your school board? Do you know? Um, I couldn't say. Okay. Now, I'm not doing that to embarrass you. I'm just saying, therein is the issue. If people don't go to their school board meetings, they're not in their face, they're not watching the union, they're not... They're not kicking up dust. It's not going to change. We can't just rely on the President of the United States to change the school system in uh, Kona, Hawaii. It's not going to happen. No, absolutely not. Yeah, I mean, this is a very blue state. Um, what I meant was that if, if we have a president that, like Donald Trump, that can um, influence our kids without the school system, maybe they'll change. Or maybe, Look, it's know. not the president who's going to save us. It's not the Congress that's going to save us. It's not the courts that are going to save us. They're not going to do it. Right. Now, we have Trump, but the Democrat presidents are the problem. Congress is the problem. The federal government is the problem. The federal government is advancing this progressive agenda. We have little respites now and then when we elect a Reagan or we elect a Trump in some respects, not in all respects. But the trajectory is clear. So we can't rely on the federal government as a whole to undo what the federal government is doing because they're doing what they want to do. All right, my friend, thanks for your call. We'll be right back. From the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Let me just touch on a couple more things, get into some more. It's Friday. As we move around the globe here, the reason I asked, will America survive for 10, 20, 30 years from now, is because fundamentally these battles that take place in this country are battles over culture. They are battles over culture. And we are losing our culture. This argue, this point that Trump makes, very inarticulately, but he makes it, about this asshole or that hole, do we really need people from here or there? It's not a condemnation of the people. It has nothing to do with the people. It has everything to do with the culture from which they seek to escape, from which they become refugees. The vast majority of us have never been to Haiti. We've seen pictures of it. We can read about it. Why haven't we been? The vast majority of us have never been to Venezuela. 
Why not? North Korea, why not? You know what I mean? Think about going to these places. And the reason is they are societies uh, that for the most part, well, those societies completely have failed. Not because the people of Venezuela or the people of Haiti or the people of North Korea. And yet those civil societies really don't even exist. They are anarchies led by tyrants. And they dress up their positions as compassionate communists or socialists. But it comes down to a battle, a cultural battle. And I feel like we are losing that culture war, and we're losing it badly. Not because we want to lose it, not because we're surrendering it, but the progressives have succeeded in making the decisions. The decisions more and more are centralized, which is what they want. Individualism is constantly under attack. They prefer conformity and uniformity. So it's a battle of cultures. And it's not just internal. It's external cultures battling our culture too. When you have uh, countries where uh, they impose or prod or whatever their people to comply with Sharia law, that's more than just a government. That is a cultural aspect of that society. That is, in fact, not just an aspect. It's an overwhelming part of that society. Which makes it far more difficult for people from cultures like that to assimilate into the United States. It's nothing to do with race. It has absolutely nothing to do with skin color. Zero. Nothing. And so it was well understood, at least prior to the last several decades that the United States, being a free and relatively open society, had the right, the people of the United States, to make immigration decisions based on merit, based on the needs of the country, and so forth and so on. That's completely flipped now. Immigration decisions are out of our hands. And radical egalitarianism has gotten so bad that even though we know as a matter of fact that a matter of reality, that some cultures are better than others, that some cultures have failed, some cultures are vibrant, we're not even allowed to speak it. Because if you mention those cultures, and if those cultures happen to be in the third world or wherever, you will be accused of being a racist. Truly. And that's what's taking place. This is one of the reasons it's so crucial to have a nation state with borders. It's also one of the reasons we're up against forces in this country who do not believe America should exist as it does. And they seek to change it in many, many significant ways. And the easiest way to change a country is to eliminate its borders effectively. And that's what's taken place. 
So you have a clash of cultures, multiple cultures being imported into the country, a lack of proper assimilation, that is, Americanization. Lindsey Graham is simply too stupid and too ideologically driven to comprehend this or to even take the time to understand this. He doesn't care. He's playing to the crowd. And yet this is probably the key determining factor for our future. These cultural battles. When is the last time our children were taught in public schools or colleges or universities the importance of assimilization or even more Americanization? Quite the contrary. It's not taught, or if it is, it's, it's a rarity. And so the media, the Democrat Party, the leftists generally, whatever they're wearing, whatever their profession, they pounce. They pounce immediately. They knew exactly what Trump meant, but it didn't matter. They know what he meant, but it didn't matter. So what's happening here, folks, is we have... Utter and complete dishonesty coming out of the media on this. And these falsehoods or half-truths or whatever you want to call them, they're insidious. They're dressed up as compassion. But they're absolutely insidious. Um, Taking the language... Take the language. We're told all the time that in order to become an American citizen, you have to pass basic uh, English language courses and so forth and so on. We don't promote English in this country. I can't think of a single place where we promote English in this country. It's either spoken or it's not. On the contrary, our public schools are busy looking for teachers who can teach one of 140 different languages. Well, obviously... That doesn't promote assimilation, nor does it uh, promote uh, compassion or prosperity for individuals who are going to be left behind. Right? A republic is based on more than the vote. A republic is based on more than the vote. It's based on this notion of a civil society and a culture. A culture that not only respects the Constitution, but insists on its application. And once the rule of law is in place, insists on the compliance with the rule of law. Well, what are sanctuary cities? They're an attack on the culture, on the civil society, and the rule of law. What are left-wing activist judges? Who at every turn try to obstruct this president. Same thing. Same thing. Samuel Huntington, who was, as I've mentioned many times, a professor at Harvard, amazing, I don't think he'd ever be able to last today, wrote an outstanding book, Who Are We? The Challenges to America's National Identity. He said, Cultural America is under siege. Cultural America is under siege. And culture is the glue 
I'm projecting from there. Culture is the glue that keeps a civil society civil. It is the glue that keeps a civil society civil. So you don't have to be anti-immigration. But you need to be rational. There need to be respites. So there can be assimilation. Instead, what's happening is we're being flooded. Day in and day out. And the Democrat Party, as I explained to you earlier in the week and played the audio of various prominent Democrat officials at the time, has now decided to reverse course rather than fighting it, to join it, to exploit it, to use it for power. So the Democrat Party is at war with our culture. The Democrat Party is at war with our culture in order to advance its own politics, to get votes, to acquire and retain power, to advance a progressive agenda. That's why I asked you last hour, do you think America can survive? Just curious about uh, what you might think about it. Decades and decades ago, America won the war of culture, Western civilization and so forth. But in the East, rising is China. They don't care about our culture or Western culture. In fact, they wish to conquer it. In the Middle East, the rise of radical Islam and their culture. They don't care about our culture. They seek to conquer our culture. And yet the Chinese on their own and uh, Islam on its own cannot conquer the American culture as surely and effectively as Americans can conquer their own culture. And this is why these social issues matter. This is why who decides what matters. This is why a central government plays into the hands of the progressives who seek to impose their will and essentially devour our culture. So <clears throat> what I'm saying is my, my, what I am positing to you is that we are losing the battle of cultures right now. We're losing our culture because we're losing assimilation, Americanization, uh, even look at the football games. These millionaire football players who could never make the money they make doing what they do any other place on the face of the earth. Kneeling in protest against some grievance. They are praised. Praised for what? They're praised. Hollywood Den of iniquity. Once again, attacking America. That's how they're going to fix pervasive sexual molestation and harassment in Hollywood. Attack America. Football players, attack America. Oh, no, we're not. Yes, you are. Hollywood doing the same thing. That speech Oprah Winfrey gave had nothing to do with sexual harassment. And the singer Seal was right on. He had the guts to confront her. Very few do. Today, all day, the attacks on Trump and what he said, 
Jake Tapper's not stupid. He's a leftist, but he's not stupid. He knows what was said, and he knows what was meant. He knows what was said, and he knows what was meant, but he doesn't care. Joe Scarborough is among the most detestable in the media. He knows exactly what he's doing. He's a chameleon, but it doesn't matter. They're utterly irresponsible in what they say, completely and utterly irresponsible, and they do not give a damn. They enrich themselves, they get higher ratings, so be it. So in the end, the, uh, the fundamental conflict that's taking place here is one of culture, which also involves ideology and all the rest. Maybe I'll get into this another day. But, and let me tell you a little secret. Conflicts in culture typically turn violent. I'm certainly not encouraging it, but they typically turn violent when you have a fundamental conflict of cultures. That's why America was founded. It was so brilliant. So the more you centralize decisions, the more you actually create conflicts among groups and decision-making conflicts that are unnecessary if people make their own decisions. Like this entire thing about bakers having to bake cakes if they don't want to bake cakes for a gay marriage because, let's say, they're uh, uh, evangelical Christians or Orthodox Jews or practicing Muslims, they say, look, we don't believe in that. We're not going to do that. You know, We'll bake a cake for you, but we're not going to get involved. Oh, no, you must. And that's because the government has decided to impose its will. Why? It's not like there wouldn't be a cake somehow. And so more and more when that takes place, you create enormous tension, and in the future, and I'm not in that example, but others, violence. Violence. You want decisions diversified. You want decisions made by individuals, if possible, the lowest possible level in the home. All right, I'll be right back. in. How much time do I have, Mr. Producer? All right, let me ask you a question. What is an immigrant? What is an immigrant? An immigrant is a person who leaves their country, who leaves their culture, who leaves their society for another. For another. Say, our country... Our culture, our society. Yet we actually have so called public officials in our country who reject this concept. An immigrant is a person who leaves one place, one environment, one circumstance, one society for another. Now, since we have millions of people who want to come here and we don't have millions of people who want to leave here, I think it is fair to say that the American culture is superior 
the American society is superior. The country is superior. The government is devouring them. So, as a matter of rationality, it makes no sense when you listen to a Durbin or today a Lindsey Graham who is woefully stupid. When they say all societies are alike, all cultures are alike, if that were true, there'd be no immigration. They don't even understand what immigration is. In its simplest form, it's a person leaving point X to go to point Y. I'll be right back. America's Tyranny Hunter. Call in now, 877-381-3811. Well, let me answer my own question. Will America survive as a free republic? I think America will survive for a time. It'll survive for a time. Our culture will survive for a time. But it is definitely in decline. That's what I believe. I think if somebody who passed away 30 years ago was alive today and they saw what was going on in the culture, I think they would be stunned. If you had told people 20, 25 years ago about our immigration policies today, even Democrats, they would be stunned. If you had told them about the debates over marriage, the debates over bathrooms and gyms and all the rest, I think they would be stunned. We call this progress, of course. They can call it whatever they want. What I'm saying is that this, is, this won't happen overnight. I really don't believe that. So I believe America as America will survive for a period of time. It'll take time. But I believe we are in the process of decline. And that's why I get behind this, mo- this uh, microphone with more urgency than most, because I understand history more than most. This is why I write the books that I write, despite the apparent quasi-illiteracy and mental laziness of people like this guy Ferguson, I can't remember his first name, <coughs> over at the very weekly standard. But I think that's the situation we're in. You know, I love my car, but it's reached the age, this 2010 Camaro, it's a great car, where things are starting to go wrong. I don't worry about those problems anymore, though. Not since I got extended vehicle service protection from CarShield, and I want to encourage you to look into this, too. Getting covered by CarShield is such a great idea. It's affordable protection that can save you thousands for a covered repair. A new fuel pump costs over $500. Replacing a water pump is over $1,000. If you need repairs to a control arm or a torque converter, stuff most of us don't even know about, we never heard about, now we're talking thousands of dollars to fix it. They even have plans that cover your car's computer, GPS, electronics, and a lot more. Car Shield's the ultimate in extended coverage. And they get your favorite mechanic or dealership paid directly, so you don't have to get in between and you don't have to subsidize the repair. Sign up right now and get 24-7 roadside assistance and a rental car while yours is in the shop. 
Save yourself from high repair bills. Get covered by CarShield like I did before something goes wrong. It's not like, you know, Obamacare, where after the fact they'll take care of it. Car insurance doesn't work that way, which is why this is such an important service that they're providing at CarShield. All you have to do is call 800-CAR-6100. Mention code LEVIN. 800-CAR-6100, code L-E-V-I-N. Or you can visit their website, carshield.com. Again, use code LEVIN. That's L-E-V-I-N to save 10%. That's 800-CAR-6100 or carshield.com, code LEVIN. A deductible may apply. John, Payton, Colorado, the great KVOR. Go! Mark, you're the greatest spokesman for freedom and the future of this country I have ever heard. Wow. I'm an 84-year-old man. I lived through the Great Depression and remember it. I lived through World War One, Two. I remember it. And I lived through the Korean War, and I remember it. I served in the Marine Corps. I served in the Army. And I will tell you, this country will survive. Our culture will survive because we will never surrender. Mm-hmm. We don't know all the answers, but we always find a way. And we will, again, trust I, and believe. I hope you're right, my brother. And thank you, sir, for your very, very kind words. I much appreciate it. God bless you. Very positive. I like that. Let us go to David, Flagstaff, Arizona, on Amazon Echo device. Now, David, before you speak, I want to remind people about this, because we can get more and more people in here this way. I'm giving a new way for you, your friends, your family, your enemies to listen to the Mark Levin Show this year. You can now hear me on your Amazon Echo device. What's an Amazon Echo device? Those of you who have one, you know what I'm talking about. Your Amazon Echo device. Just say, Alexa, enable the Mark Levin Show skill. Again, Alexa, enable the Mark Levin Show skill. The last word is skill. You'll connect with me instantly. And after that, you can connect with me all the time. Just say, Alexa, open Mark Levin Show. For more information, go online to marklevinshow.com, marklevinshow.com, and search the keyword Alexa. David Flagstaff, Arizona. That wasn't hard to do, right? You're on uh, Amazon Echo device. I am. It was very easy. In fact, I heard you say it last night, and I got, for Christmas, I got an Amazon Echo Dot, and I'm going, what am I going to do with this thing? And now I found a good use for it. I just played you saying that, and you actually set up the Amazon Echo for me. People don't realize technology is so remarkable today, but I really appreciate it. You go ahead. Sure. Hey, you asked the question, will America survive? Yes, I just like your last caller, America will survive. Because like you said, America is a culture. Anywhere where there's a people who believe in these ideals, uh, be they in Ireland, Poland, Morocco, or in America, in the United States. Let me follow up. Are our ideals being taught? Are they being enshrined? Pardon? Our ideals. ideals, Are people being being taught them? Are people learning them? See, we have something a little different going on than we had in World War II, or even 30 years ago. We actually have a counterculture uh, uh, propaganda mill 
in uh, most of our colleges and universities and with these tenured professors. So we actually have that going against us this time. But I hear the callers call into your show. Now, another question is, is the United States government going to survive? And I don't think, as it's currently organized or current direction it's going, that it will survive. So you think the government won't survive, but the country will survive. Now, look at Venezuela. The country's gone to hell, but the government survives. Right? Well, look at Chile. Back in Chile's the in trouble right now. The socialists are back. It's interesting you should mention that. Chile's had about a decade of free market capitalism, of freedom, maybe more than that, maybe 20 years. And guess who's back? Yeah, but even even in China, I think those people are getting a taste of liberty. The taste. The well, they may be getting a taste of liberty, but they're moving, they're lurching back in the opposite direction right now. It's all over the media, and you can see it. Uh, Xi now is effectively a dictator. But there's people in that country who have grasped onto these ideals. But there's people in every country who have. North Korea, Iran, and so forth and so on. What we're talking about, though, is the society generally and the culture generally. And uh, you remember Mao's uh, Great Leap Forward? Remember his Cultural Revolution? That's where most of the people died. He was, trying to, he was trying to cleanse society of all these uh, reprobates, you know. Well, thank you for your call. I very, very much appreciate it. Well, ladies and gentlemen, a little birdie just sent something to me. Lindsey Graham. Lindsey, come home, Lindsey. Lindsey Graham. Uh, let's see. This just came out. Washington Times, Stephen Denon. Lindsey Graham, one of those in the meeting Thursday with President Trump, reportedly called some developing nations S-hole countries. He used similar language himself during the last big immigration debate, calling Mexico and other Latin American nations hellholes. Ooh. South Carolina Republican was arguing for the need for stiffer enforcement to stop a new wave of illegal immigrants, blaming the jobs magnet for enticing millions of people to flee their home countries for the U.S. Quote, listen to me, quote, the people coming across the southern border live in hell holes. Remember, remember yesterday and today, this evening in this program, I kept saying, notice they kept putting down those countries, the amnesty types, in order to defend people flooding into this country and defend the, the failure or, or lack of deporting people back to those countries. That they used to call them these names all the time, crime-ridden, you know, uh, disease-ridden, poverty-ridden societies, and now it's and now Trump says they're assholes. Oh, you can't say that. What are you, a racist? No, it has nothing to do with race. Let me quote Lindsey Graham, ladies and gentlemen. Maybe uh, one of the multitudes of uh, shows he's on uh, this weekend and Sunday, somebody will put it to him. And I got to figure out an answer to this. Staff, help me. That would be Lindsey to his uh, paid staffers. Quote, the people coming across the southern border live in hell holes. They don't like that. They want to come here. Our problem is we can't have everybody in the world who lives in a hell hole come to America, Mr. Graham said during a 2013 debate in the Judiciary Committee on an immigration bill he co-authored. I want to encourage all the websites out there. I want to encourage all the Levinites out there. Find out if there's video of this. 
The senator wasn't done. He continued. There are 11 million people coming through the southern border because they come from countries where they can't find work and life is miserable. Sounds like an asshole, doesn't it, Mr. Producer? Uh, so it seems to me that if you can control who gets a job, you've got a long way in controlling illegal immigration. Over and over, he calls them hell holes. Oh, Lindsay. A new movie about Winston Churchill causing renewed interest in this great leader. I love this movie, The Darkest Hour. Well, I've got access to insight on Churchill, only available from Hillsdale College. My friend, Dr. Larry Arn, the president of Hillsdale, he's the world's leading scholar on Churchill. He has a fantastic piece out about the three lessons we can all learn from Churchill. It's yours for free. You really ought to check into this. LevinforHillsdale.com. You can go there and you can get it. LevinforHillsdale.com. Did you know that Britain once stood alone against the power of Nazi Germany? Well, Dr. Arn tells the inspiring story about Churchill's wise courage and what it teaches us. No one knows these great Churchill stories better than Larry Arn. In fact, the official biography of Winston Churchill is published by Hillsdale College Press. But this piece appears in Imprimus, Hillsdale's free speech digest with 3.7 million readers. It's one of the most widely read publications in the country with a larger circulation than the New York Times. Thank God for that. Read this inspiring edition and start receiving Imprimus free every month as part of Hillsdale's commitment to help all Americans pursue truth and defend liberty. Go to levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Mark Levin. Got a little surprise for you. Lindsey Graham on the floor of the Senate. Go! The tale of two borders. Why is one a problem and the other's not? Because Canada is a place where people like to stay. They like Canada. We like Canada. We love to have them visit. They want to go home because it's a nice place. The people coming across the southern border live in hell holes. Whoa! What do you say? Go! don't like that. They want to come here. Our problem is we can't have everybody in the world who lives in a hellhole coming to America. Oh. Wow. So in other words, Canada, white, they want to go home. Mexico, brown, they don't want to go home. Why? Because it's a hellhole. It's a hellhole in these countries with brown people. Is that what Lindsey Graham is saying, ladies and gentlemen? Of course that's not what he's saying. But he said that. Hellhole, hellhole, twice, referring to Mexico and countries south of the border. Now, all you idiot phony journalists this Sunday, I just did some homework for you. Try to do it. Don Lemon, is Lindsey Graham a racist? Jake Tapper, who are the other schmoes on there? I don't even know. Oh, Brian Stelter, he'll be busy. How about all the other clowns on MSLSD? What do they think? What do they think? The fact is there are hell holes in this country, uh, excuse me, in this world. And you know how we know? Because people flee them. As I said 20 minutes ago, there'd be no immigration but for the fact that people want to escape hell holes. And by the way, we have some hell holes in this country, too, where people are escaping from one state to the other. Ooh, yes. You know what we call them? Blue states. Oh, that's right. 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is for you, America. Here we go. the audio of Lindsey Graham in 2013 calling Mexico and other countries south of the border hell holes. He's not a racist, is he? Oh, my Lord. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. Good night, Spritey. Good night, Griffey. Good night, Pepsi. Good night, Smokey. Good night, Zelda. Get Al-Qaeda. Get the Taliban. Get ISIS. Get all those, well, those subhuman cockroaches who live in hell holes.
See you on Monday.